0: Welcome to We Are anEdco. Edco. I'm your host, Mattia Garcia. This week, we are proud to share the third and final part of a follow-up interview with our summer series keynote speaker, Dr. Katie Martin. As a quick reminder to get access to video from all of our summer series sessions, including the keynotes from Dr. Martin, be sure to sign up for an Inedco Premium Membership. In this interview, I am joined by our NEDCO Vice President Brandon Peterson, who is a teacher in Cherry Creek Public Schools. You may hear a few extra noises, some minor audio cutting out, and some other elements of home life, all the things we've come to know and love in our current reality. We hope you enjoy this wonderful conversation after a few words from our sponsors. Support for this episode comes from our friends at Pear Deck. One of the reasons we love Pear Deck is because it was founded by educators who have designed the products to support instructional best practices known to improve student outcomes. Pear Deck gives teachers real-time insight into student thinking and understanding so they can react as necessary and seize teachable moments. Better yet, Pear Deck's seamless integration with Google Slides and Microsoft PowerPoint make it easy to build interactive presentations that generate 100% student engagement. Great news! Pear Deck is offering our listeners 90 days of premium access for free. Just visit peardeck.com and click Teacher Login to get started. Support for this episode also comes from our friends at Hapara. Hapara helps educators differentiate student learning and keeps learners in the G Suite classroom safe and focused. This past semester has certainly helped schools and districts see the need for these kinds of tools. The Hapara workspace and analytics help teachers know what's working for kids online and what they're really working on. Sometimes the smallest things can be a real game changer. For more information on how you can gain visibility into the G Suite classroom, visit Hapara.com. And now the third and final part of our interview with Dr. Katie Martin. One of the questions that we got um, from, uh, on Twitter from someone uh, was asking about how as teachers, we can support our students on developing time management skills during remote learning. I'm curious uh, what you would say to that question.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is hard for a lot of us. Um, I, I think that the time management skills are really again those clear goals so like watching my kids when they would get up they knew these are the five things you have to do today and kind of separating into must do here's things i can do or like and i want to prioritize when i do them but but getting clear about the goals up front and making sure that it's not something you're just like throwing at them uh and then telling them um like this is what we do actually our platform is like Here's your things. You decide when you're going to do them. You move them around, you know, that like just helping identify the tasks. And then things are, take a lot more time to begin with. So, knowing that, I think I, was, I shared that Zach, my son, started with distance learning. It was taking him like six hours a day to just like work through the process and he was exhausted and he couldn't figure it out and it was frustrating. Learned how to do it. By the end, he was like finishing it all in two hours because he had, he had gone through it. So knowing at first it's going to be a struggle working through that, you know, and helping individuals, but being really clear on the objectives, um, identifying it should take about this much time and kind of giving them some chunks. Some people like to just get up in the morning and do it all at once. And some people want to take a little break, but probably giving like three or four options, and having kids try them and reflect on them, I think is helpful because the same thing is not gonna work for every person. Um, But like, you know, you'll say, I'm gonna like, you lose an hour on your phone. So here's some skills, put your phone away, turn off your notifications and and focus for an hour, then take a break and then come back. You know, that's a strategy that works for a lot of kids, probably in high school, is that their teachers kind of created the space for them. They, you know, and they're at home and they're like really stimulated in a way that many of the elementary school kids aren't. So, teaching kids and high schoolers specifically put your phone away, keep it out of the room, turn off notifications, and then just setting consistent work blocks is also a helpful thing.
0: Yeah, you uh, another thing you have me thinking about. So, in EdCo, actually started off as a conference called Technology and Education, and we have kind of since rebranded because we recognize that you know, tech is not needed for innovation, right? Yeah. Um, But it can help facilitate a lot of that. So I'm curious about kind of the role you see tech playing and kind of the limits of that role and what we should be thinking about for that piece in particular.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of great tools when I think about like, one, the calendar. That was one of the hugest learnings for my kids is that, you know, when you're in school, you show up and your lesson is there. And now it was like, you need to check your calendar because on Monday you have your one-on-one check-in with your teacher on a group meeting. So being able to manage and navigate a digital calendar is something I live and die by at work. Like my calendar runs my life. But if you're teaching and you have like your lesson plan book, that doesn't, it isn't always the case. But when you're remote, I think it makes a much bigger difference of like how you're scheduling those invites. So that's just one thing. And then keeping tasks and like checking things off, it's helpful to know what it is I'm trying to accomplish and like Kanban boards or, you know, anything where you can manage your work over the course of the week, I think is helpful. So thinking about what it is I have to do now, what are some tasks I want to do and those, so there's, you know, technology, you can also write it on a sheet of paper, but if you're trying to make it visible, with a class, I think it's really helpful to, to have a space where um, that platform specifically is like the hub of where all of the work is. Because when you have and they're all over the place and you're getting messages like that is not helpful for anybody. It's so overwhelming. So one of the things I've heard a big lesson is if you don't have a platform that is your hub, um, your people are looking for it because it's just a really important piece to manage um, digital learning.
0: Yeah, we've definitely see a lot, seen a lot of districts across the state who have been like, not not just that like one a hub, a teacher must have a hub, but that consistency across a building or across a yeah. district has played a huge role.
1: Yeah. yeah, because if you have one teacher who does it this way and a kid has five teachers, that's like it might work for that teacher, but it certainly doesn't work for that kid. And then you have a family with five kids or two kids even, and it's uh, it just the consistency across a system really, really matters. And that's hard because teachers have been used to being very independent and I want to do it this way. And there's this balance of like, I'm an individual and I can do whatever I want in my classroom, I should have autonomy versus like I work for a system and and we have to do things a certain way. Those are things I think that help everybody having kind of central technology systems Are really important.
0: Yeah, I've been thinking about in terms of kind of this new hot field of user experience design, right? Like we as a school system now need to start thinking of ourselves as user experience designers now that there's so much more tech. So I like the way you're highlighting
2: that. Yeah, I think one of the things that helped us too is that we started with a platform for parent communication that all of our parents were on and i think like we you know we use blooms and there's so many other there's remind there i mean seesaw even has that component right like and so i think that's what was really successful too is that when parents in our whole school were getting the one message from one place i think that helped too and i i it was curious like as we were going through in co sessions how you know a lot of folks did were like they were just hoping the ownership was on the kid, like, to get the work done. And there has to be this partnership again. So I think that'll be interesting to see how that goes, too. And, like, when we're, you know, I think a hub is great, too. And But, like, let's make sure we communicate to the parents. Totally. This is the hub. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So we actually have a feature called Stream, which is cool that, like, kids can stream out, but teachers also can stream. And I think that, that the parent piece has to be really Really central to that. Um, and I think you see people who we saw a lot of successful remote learning when they had been using these systems already. It was a re- much more seamless transition when we were thinking about, like, you know, our portfolio and competency based assessment and right. communicating with families. And so this transition to home, you didn't have to learn the technology and the tools to do the learning at home, um, made it much easier i mean i don't think it was super easy for anybody but it made it it much easier
0: i talked about it in terms of like it this whole this whole situation has really exposed our gaps right like the things that we probably should have been doing all around all along if we weren't doing them it really
1: showed yeah yeah Yeah, i mean it, it like it exposes strengths Of like the relationships and the community and the connection but it also exposed um and i i'm not intending to like harp on certain teachers it was hard to pull together lessons and things like at the drop of a hat but i've heard you know a lot of parents realizing this is what kids are doing all day authentic work versus like a lot of worksheets You know, parents, this is also exposing to the curriculum and resources and, and kind of the level of things we're asking kids to do. I don't think parents had as much visibility into that. Again, they're like, your kid's getting an A, cool, okay. But we don't really know what that means. And so there's a renewed interest in families also in more of this learning, which I think works in our favor to say, yeah, if you want more authentic learning, this is what our classroom has to look like and it's going to feel a little bit messier than sitting at the table and going through um, you know, a textbook.
2: No, you're spot on because I had a, you know, we always have a few parents who question things and, you know, I'm very much like please ask questions, like and I I guess for like at least one of them too, I didn't necessarily always understand where they were coming from and then we switched to remote learning and within 2 weeks like This parent was like, Oh my gosh, like this learning grid is so fabulous. Like, I see what my kid is learning every day. And that's just what she had been asking from apparently since the beginning of the year. And I was like, Why did we never have the grid? Like, that's like one of the easiest things that we could have easily have produced all year that we weren't. And that made that parent like, and then, and then, yeah, the parents were seeing, like, you know, we always have a couple of those parents and they just were like, Wow, there's a lot. Like, even in remote learning where we scaled way down like the amount of work that the you know, learning the students were still doing in, in remote learning was still pretty, you know, it was, it was good. And the, and at least for our team, we were trying to really, we, you know, we had the fun PBL stuff to do now. And, you know, it it was, it was that third trimester, (laughs) you know, and, um, and so, but, the parents being in the in the zone with that were just like amazed, and I yeah I was impressed by how the parent shift came, and they're like oh okay I see what's going. You know, a lot of my parents were on the Zoom calls, <laughs> <They> were- <laughs> so it was great because I'd always sneak things in. They're like, and that's also for you, mom and dad, and they'd be like hi, <laughs> like- <laughs> trying to so, sit up, screen, yeah.
1: kind of listening, like right, right, like, hey, mom, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: <What is> <laughs> right. So I think that transparency could be super valuable as we look forward to. And that's something our schools discuss is like, yeah, whether we're using Microsoft Teams, Google Classroom, whatever, is that component of it's not a stranger to anyone anymore. And yeah.
1: Yeah. And I also wonder, as you think about being more inclusive, how do you invite parents to be guest speakers? How do you invite parents to share and be part of the process to give feedback and to be kind of part of that authentic audience, especially if we're at home and you're like, hey, dad, come you know, take a half hour. You don't have to like come in from work. Those are things, opportunities too, to to bring parents in. Um, And I know a lot of parents are also busy and working and it's very hard. So there's this balance of like being transparent but also making sure that the kids can do things on their own and they're able to be those independent learners and, and developing the stamina for that rather than like sitting and being dependent at home because that's when it gets taxing and frustrating on parents, right? You have these kids who haven't learned the skills to really learn on their own. They have assignments. Their parents are like, you need to be doing this. And they're like, I don't know what to do, <laughs> right? I'm, and, and then it's frustrating and then the parents are like, Did the teacher not tell you? Right? Like, that's when it just becomes frustrating. So, the more we can help kids to be dependent, independent learners, have the skills and be able to navigate it and take ownership of it, we are going to create more um, healthy and beneficial relationships with our families, too.
0: Yeah. All of this, uh, I will say, like, if I was a teacher, this all sounds like a lot. Like, if I'm new to this, this sounds like there's a lot for me to learn. I'm curious even for you or any tips you have, like how you're balancing trying to learn more and prepare like what for what's next, but also making sure you're recharged because I don't think any of us are anticipating this upcoming school year will be easy.
1: No. Yeah, uh, I think that that is such an important balance. Is like one, most teachers I know never feel like their work is done, right? Even in like, Traditional normal circumstances, like you know, bringing home the bag of stuff or like the open tabs on the computer, like it's never never done, and that can be super overwhelming. Um, And next year, trying to reinvent everything, I think it's really important to to know that we don't know it all, (laughs) right? Remember, like we can't know it all. We have to bring people in, and so bring people together as teams to to help lighten the load. One teacher should not be creating every lesson for all their kids all year long, right? Like if you have a fourth grade team across the district or across your school, work together to create the learning experiences and the things you want kids to do um, or leverage the technology and resources. I think there's a really um, great opportunity. I am not a fan of just like sitting at the computer and doing all the computer adaptive stuff, but there is a world where, a, you know, a little bit of a time, if you have goals as kids, you can work, you know, and, in, in some of those computer adaptive programs to build up those foundational skills, which I think is a great time to leverage them now, rather than every teacher creating every lesson. Um, so work together with people, give yourself a break that you don't know at all. And, and really make sure that you are setting time away, especially when we're home, it feels like work can just go on and on and on, like shut the computer, make sure you're taking time to go and do things for yourself, get outside, walk, like um, my, you know, set your work day, set, set your time and, and really make sure that you, you give yourself space to breathe and to process. Yeah, I think that's that's great tips. I
0: know a couple of other things that I did want to make sure that I asked. Uh during one of your keynotes, you mentioned a book list you would put together, and we alluded to this a little bit before. Where can folks find this? And is there any context or kind of things you want to say about that post? Sure. So
1: I I shared it um with the team, but I also posted it on my blog. So it's at kdlmartin.com, just the 10 books. Um and there's so many books, you know, but these are ones that I've really leaned on over the last couple months and, and read. So again, Mark Brackett's permission to feel has been a great book to really just understand feelings and emotions. It's been good for me as a mom, but also really good for me thinking about um, how we go forward as educators. Um, Innovate inside the box was one by George Koros and Katie Novak. Um, just, you know if you've read innovators mindset it's a really great book for the next one i got to write the forward for that book so it's one that i'm deeply connected to uh, but it's just got some great strategies when we think about universal design for learning that how do we how do we create opportunities and remove barriers whether it's online whether it's in person so lots of great strategies to connect with kids um, you know you mentioned unleashed by glenn and doyle it's a it's just a great book um, she talks just a lot about, you know, in general, woman, being a woman and, you know, finding your, yourself. But I think it's also, you know, I made a, I made a lot of connections to being a teacher and an educator and, um, just a good, a good read. So there's, there's 10, 10 books on there that um, have influenced me. And I certainly recommend all of them, but, uh, start, start with whatever connects. And I, I put a description on each of them as well.
0: Great. And we'll be sure to link uh, that in the show notes for this podcast, uh, podcast episode so folks can find it there as well. Okay. And then if folks want to learn more about you, like perhaps, you know, if, they, if they've never heard of you before or they want to follow your work, where would they find you? Uh,
1: easiest way is on social media, um, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter mostly. I'm at Katie Martin EDU. So fairly easy to find. And I have been, my blog, it's almost over five years now that I've been writing pretty consistently. And that's just the place where I have really learned to process. It's my own kind of portfolio of of work and thinking and evolving, um, evolving thinking. But that's katielmartin.com.
0: So our our rapid fire. uh, The first one is fill in the blank. Innovation is?
1: Oh, innovation is uh, about learning.
0: Okay. One of your fondest memories from your classroom days.
1: Oh, just the smiles of the kiddos, greeting them each day.
0: An app you can't live without.
1: Um, I'm going to say my calendar. <laughs> my calendar app keeps me on track. It's a good
0: one. Um so, your prediction for the hottest trend of this school year
1: uh i'm gonna go with competency based education yeah
0: that's a good that's a good answer uh and the last one is your favorite non screen activity
1: uh, my favorite non screen activity is going to bar not the bar but like bar taking a bar class it to do for myself and love it That's awesome.
0: Cool. Uh, Brandon, did you have any other questions you think you wanted to ask before we wrapped up for today?
2: No. I I say if it's not competency-based learning, it's gonna be learner profiles. Yes. <laughs> That's. right for- I you actually have me thinking about um doing a parent university sort of around like parent profiles. Like we I would say like survey parents and uh you know like it has me thinking like parent profiles could be more of a deep look into that instead of just like that surface level, like what does your mom do for a living? And like, how could we actually, so that we can get them back into the school because parents want to be in school. So you have me thinking a lot about that. So I had to like write that down as a way to be like, oh, how can we actually take this and merge it in with the parents? Yeah. No, I- no it's been wonderful.
1: Thank you. It's been so fun.
0: These three episodes are so packed full of new ways to think and plan for the adventure ahead. As promised, links to Dr. Martin's website and blog post are included in our show notes. To share your thoughts on this episode or your story of innovation, be sure to leave us a voice message on Anchor, send us an email at weare or leave us a voicemail at 970-445-2520. We would love to hear from you and hear how you are thinking about what's next in education. What are your wildest hopes and dreams? If you'd like to support us, consider becoming an Enedco Premium Member. Premium members get access to video presentations from the virtual conference week, future event discounts including Enedco 2021, and other exclusive resources. The discount on the conference pays for itself, so this is a great way to stay connected while also supporting the Enedco organization. Also consider following us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram to get updates on what we are planning next. We are looking to support local events and get-togethers either in person or online to provide what will likely be much-needed collaboration and inspiration as we embark on a school year like no other. And if you're interested in being a part of an EDCO, we are currently accepting applications to join our board of directors. You can find more information by visiting our website and clicking the Get Involved tab. The application is open through July 15th. And before we go, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss out on any future episodes. We'll be back next week and the weeks to come with more interviews with Colorado innovators. Thanks so much for listening and for being the heart of this organization. Together, we are an EDCO.